Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled Response to the Undisciplined, Part 2. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning international audience. We also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. In our previous episode titled, Response to the Undisciplined, Part 1, we examined the lead-in to our message this week. What was of major concern was the fact that even the most on-fire Christian's heart can grow cold. When our heart grows cold, the old ways from which we are saved can come back in and seem perfectly reasonable in our cold state of mind and heart. The analysis of the Thessalonians being taught by Paul of such backslidden people is from Bible.org. It reads, Why weren't they working? Some think that. They avoided work because they were lazy. Although Paul doesn't say that, others think that these unruly brothers were evangelists who, unlike Paul and his colleagues, were demanding support from the church. But most scholars draw a connection between these non-working brothers and Paul's teaching about the coming of the Lord. They think that they became so caught up with the idea that Jesus would return soon that they quit working. They didn't want to, quote, waste time, unquote, working since the end was near. But then they had to rely on those who did work. And with all the extra time, they were going around spreading gossip and perhaps also false teaching, which is why Paul calls them busy bodies. In this week's final episode, we look at a very contentious verse that is off-quoted without context. They simply say, if you don't work, you don't eat, quote, unquote. No biblical reference is given, and people generally do not ask for one either. That's a big mistake. If these people are pressed, they say that the Bible says it, and still, without any scripture reference given, they tell you if you are smart enough, you will find it yourself. Rather, in the very least, pointing you to the scripture in question. So, with that, this week, we will take a more fastidious look at this passage in its proper context to better understand what is the correct interpretation. Are we talking about even crippled people who can no longer work as well? For clarity, we will examine verses 10 through 11 first. Verses 7 through 9 complete the immediate context, so we will read 
starting in verse 7, through our new verses. For you know yourselves how you must imitate us, because we did not behave without discipline among you, and we did not eat anyone's food without paying. Instead, in toil and drudgery, we work night and day in order not to burden any of you. It was not because we do not have that right, but to give ourselves as an example for you to imitate. For even when we were with you, we used to give you this command, quote, If anyone is not willing to work, neither should he eat. Quote. For we hear that some among you are living an undisciplined life, not doing their own work, but meddling in the work of others. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 7 through 11. Do you remember this was prefaced by making known to the reader of today that there was a group of people not working, taking assistance from those who were working, and on top of that, spreading rumors and gossip, as well as false teaching? The first thing we should notice is the difference as to who this verse is quoted. I hear people frequently say, If you don't work, you don't eat. Quote unquote. However, look how this verse states that comment. It reads in the Bible, If anyone is not willing to work, neither should he eat. End quote. So what is read in the Bible and how it is often quoted say two different things, one false, one true. Without going any further, we should see right off that Paul is not making this a universal command to those out of work for any of many reasons that can be found in any world, old or current. He is being more direct than he was in 1 Thessalonians when he made similar comments. For clarity, they read, now, on the topic of brotherly love, you have no need for anyone to write you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another, and indeed you are practicing it toward all the brothers and sisters in all of Macedonia. But we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more to aspire to lead a quiet life, to attend to your own business, and to work with your hands as we commanded you. In this way, you will live a decent life before outsiders and not be in need. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 9-12 through 12. Of specific note is this portion of this passage. It reads, But we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do more and more, to aspire to lead a quiet life, to attend to your own business, 
into work with your hands as we commanded you. Verse 12 states for what reason they would be taught this way. It reads, In this way you will live a decent life before outsiders and not be in need. There it is. The reason why you should work until Christ's return. Why you should keep working in both the everyday world and in the service of God in the faith, by witnessing and learning more, however, you can. If you think I'm off the mark, here is Barnes' New Testament Notes commentary on this passage. Quoting, It would seem from this that the evil of which the apostle here complains had begun to operate even when he was with them. There were those who were disposed to be idle and who needed the solemn command of an apostle to induce them to labor. Regardless of what you may have been taught in a church and church body learning environment that this passage refers to those who wish to work, have lost their job with little present hope of finding another one, are lazy and need to work, is an incorrect application of this scripture and the words of Paul. In this present day, living in a pandemic life, many, many people are out of work because their job simply does not exist anymore. These people are not lazy and unwilling to work. To the contrary, many are hurting along with being out of work and need some kind of help. Presently, they need many things besides work. These areas are where God's church and people can find ways to safely minister to them with some form of provision that will assist them so they worry less and can more effectively pursue some form of employment if it can be found. Personally, some years ago now, I had a three-year lapse of work. I could find little work, mostly no work, and had to survive on unemployment support. However, when even so much as a day job came my way, I took it and adjusted my support compensation accordingly. I was never without food. I never fell behind on my bills. Was Paul's words in this scripture passage directed at me and others like me? Many in the modern church would incorrectly answer that question with a yes. I was not lazy and or acting incompetently. As I said, when work came, even for just one day, I took it. So I, like many others in those days, while wanting to work, could not find it since no business was hiring people except the occasional day, week, or even month-long worker. Then, poof, gone with no hope of anything else. In all that, I had God's perfect peace and sense of His care for me.
The next header for commentary is, quote, that if any would not work, neither should he eat, end quote. Notice what it says. It speaks of a flagrant unwillingness to work for whatever reasons and or reasoning. This commentary passage continues. That is, at the public expense, they should not be supported by the church. This was a maxim among the Jews, and the same sentiment may be found in Homer, Demosthenes, and Pythagoras. The maxim is found in obvious justice and is in accordance with the great law under which our Creator has placed us. Reference Genesis 3, verse 19. That law, in the circumstances, was benevolent, and it should be our aim to carry it out in reference to ourselves and to others. The law here laid down by the Apostle extends to all who are able to work for a living and who will not do it and binds us not to contribute to their support if they will not labor for it. It should be regarded as extending, one, to the members of a church who, though poor, should not be supported by their brethren unless they are willing to work in any way they can for their own maintenance. Two, to those who beg from door to door, who should never be assisted unless they are willing to do all they can to do for their own support. No one can be justified in assisting a lazy man. In no possible circumstances are we to contribute to foster indolence. A man might as properly help to maintain open vice. Please note, in the biblical times and the time this commentary passage was written, women did little in regard to work outside of the home. In more modern times, we now include working women in this reading and the understanding of it. There are lazy women as well as lazy men, people of both sexes that would rather live at the expense and mercy of the giving of others to them than do whatever work they can do. If you work, and if it is not enough for you to live, then helping someone like that is worth the giver's efforts. Lazy people take what they can get until they cannot get any more, then move on to the next group of people that will assist them. Some of these people even misquote scripture to support their wants so they do not have to work for a living. I should also note, this is not accusatory of anyone retired and receiving proper benefit for that time. Such people have worked hard all their life and are now getting a deserved rest with benefits. Nor is this aimed at anyone on unemployment, or not, wishing to work but given today's circumstances, have nothing with respect to the work they are trained. 
of these people Scripture and I are not talking about. It is of the deliberately, incessantly lazy people of any age. I will close this discussion portion with this commentary, quote, We commanded you that if anyone would not work, neither should he eat. The Ethiopic version reads in the singular number, quote, When I was with you, I commanded you, end quote, using the above words, which were a sort of a proverb with the Jews and is frequently used by them, quote, that if a man would not work, he should not eat. End quote. And again, quote, He that labors on the evening of the Sabbath, or on weekdays, he shall eat on the Sabbath day, and he who does not labor on the evening of the Sabbath, from whence shall he eat? Or what right and authority has he to eat on the Sabbath day? End quote. Not he that could not work through weakness, bodily diseases, or old age, the necessities of such are to be distributed to, and they are to be taken care of and provided with the necessities of life by the officers of the church, but those that can work and will not ought to starve from any assistance that should be given them by the members of the church or the officers of it. From the New John Gill's Exposition of the Entire Bible That sounds very harsh in today's world. However, this is the interpretation of this Bible passage, which is all too often misquoted to willing people who are unemployed due to the economic ills of modern society and life in a sinful-centric world. The remaining verses bear no real or immediate hope, as we read, For we hear that some among you are living an undisciplined life, not doing their own work, but meddling in the work of others. Now, such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to work quietly and so provide their own food to eat. But you, brothers and sisters, do not grow weary in doing what is right. But if anyone does not obey our message through this letter, take note of him and do not associate closely with him, so that he may be ashamed. Yet do not regard him as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 11 through 15. Notice what I have softly spoken of here and now. Commentary states, it reads, Not he that could not work through weakness, bodily disease, or old age. They are to be taken care of. This better defines who this passage is speaking of when Paul admonishes those who are lazy. Paul said in verse 11, For we hear that some among you are living an undisciplined life, not doing their own work, but meddling 
in the work of others. Commentary further strengthens this thought as it reads, But our busybodies, that is, they meddled with the affairs of others, a thing which they who have nothing of their own to busy themselves about will be very likely to do. The apostle had seen that there was a tendency to this when he was in Thessalonica, and hence he had commanded them to, quote, do their own business, end quote. The injunction, it seems, had availed little, for there is no class of persons who will so little heed good counsel as those who have a propensity to meddle with the affairs of others. One of the indispensable things to check this is that each one should have enough to do himself. And one of the most pestiferous of all persons is he who has to do but to look after the affairs of his neighbors. In times of affliction and want, we should be ready to lend our aid. At other times, we should feel that he can manage his own affairs as well as we can do it for him. Or, if he cannot, it is his business, not ours. From Barnes' New Testament Notes Notice the meaning of the word pestiferous. It means, in this usage, morally evil or deadly, pernicious, bothersome, annoying. So, depending on the situation at the time, anything from what we might today call, quote, unruly, end quote, of any degree, to something much more severe. It means, in the way commentary used this word, that if anyone has to be so attentive to the means of others of an unwillingness to work, we can be so preoccupied with them that we also come to a place of our own suffering. That suffering can be as little and mild to quite severe and even evil. This can be better defined by this commentary passage with these quotes above this comment. They read, They meddled with the affairs of others, a thing which they who have nothing of their own to busy themselves about will be very likely to do. For there is no class of persons who will so little heed good counsel as those who have a propensity to meddle with the affairs of others. End quote. Today, even people who do work in America can be accused of this action right here. This concludes our extended look in 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. These two books are filled with a lot more than we were able to examine. They are rich books in the Bible. However, next week we will examine whether we can determine if we are now living in the great apostasy predicted in the Bible or maybe not. To find out more, 
play or download next week's episode titled Predicted Apostasy or Not So Much Part 1 from one of our podcast hosts or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. We greatly appreciate our audience. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners, followers, and new listeners. Thank you all so much. We are very pleased to serve a diverse international audience. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. We greatly appreciate serving our international audience. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome and God bless you. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners, followers, and new listeners. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God as well as receiving Him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled How to Be Saved at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled Introduction About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. For more information, check out our mobile, tablet, and desktop-compliant website. It is a subdomain hosted at site123.com. Our site link is unchurched.site123.me. This website is where you will find additional information about us and the podcast platforms we are in syndication with. Find direct links to all our platforms under the podcast menu item. We are found on many podcast platforms like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, or Spotify, to name a few. We refresh all our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh East Coast Time USA. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast RSS feed platforms. Find us on a preferred platform to follow us as we continue to grow. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.